the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, video games, whatever catches our fancy. My name is Rob, and as always, I'm joined by Greg. Hello, Rob. A.K.A. Glitter Greg. I'm fancy. (laughs) And Jimmy. Hello, Rob. Jimmy Jam. This week... Why does he get to be Jimmy Jam and I have to be Glitter Greg? If you have to ask, then you're not entitled to know. This week... We've got Knives Out, Alice in Chains book, Doctor Sleep, and a movie that we're not sure if it's called Sint or Saint, but it's a foreign film, and it's a Christmas horror flick, and yeah, that's kind of what we do, so we're going to do that one. Yeah, depending on which poster you look at, it's either Sint or Saint. Correct. And after we get done, we'll come up with this week's top five list relating to our topics. Oh my god. Top five things that emanate from Rob that aren't supposed to during our podcast recordings. That's only oddly enough number five. This is a review show, and there's probably going to be spoilers. We will try to avoid major twists. So if we're talking about something you plan on seeing and or reading or listening to or whatever and have not done that yet, by all means... Stop, pause, fast forward, rewind, do something, ignore us while listening, whatever. Yes. And uh, don't be angry at us. Stop, collaborate, and then listen. Yes. Or should we stop in the name of love? Sure. Yeah, we should do both. I am not sure that we're going to be able to talk about Knives Out without spoiling it. So keep, keep that in mind. Maybe just talk about if it's good or not. Oh, it's good. It's good. There we go. We've talked about Knives Out. That's all we can say without spoiling it. We'll get to that. But for now, what kind of news do we have, gentlemen? Oh, dang it. I forgot that that was out. I want to... Oh, all right. So what I believe Rob is reacting to is the Black Widow trailer. Correct. I have Rob. Rob, 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 you just play it in the background and watch it. And then you can react live while Jimmy is, is talking about it. Yeah, and I will talk about it very briefly um, as Rob is watching it. So we've got a trailer for the uh, long-promised Black Widow standalone movie called Black Widow. It is directed by Kate Shortland. It is coming out in 2020, hopefully sooner than later, because I think it looks awesome. It stars David Harbour as Red Guardian. Rachel Weiss as Melina Vostikov, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, and Scarlett Johansson as Nat Romanoff, the one without a Russian accent. Greg, why is that? Why doesn't she have a Roman accent? Or a, a Russian accent? Sorry, mm-hmm. I was reading Romanoff. Uh, just because she was trained to infiltrate America and ended up kind of liking it here, I think. You know, it happened lost her accent completely because everyone else in the movie has one she doesn't yeah i like i like david harbour's character he's you got fat (laughs) the looks like a fat russian captain america yeah i mean she was a double agent so i think she just kind of chose to not speak in a russian accent Uh, i don't think she actually has one in the comics either not that you can really tell but they do they tend to write accents and comics with in like italics or they'll use like a Cyrillic looking font or something. Mm -hmm. 
a yeah. few backwards R's or some crap like that. So it's always kind of been that way. I I thought the trailer looked great. It looked like when they reintroduce Black Widow, I think it was in Avengers, where she's like tied to a chair in like a warehouse and she's like and they call her to yeah. do whatever. Yeah, that was uh, a dream you had. Oh gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah, go ahead. It was in Avengers, but it looked like a whole movie kind of sort of, you know, that type of spy movie. You know, you had your random European locations, the big courtyards and jumping across things and car chases and karate and all the awesome stuff that you'd see in a spy movie. Yeah. I mean, I was going to be in anyway, but I'm in. I'm in 100%. Um, this movie obviously takes place. Uh, I'm well, I'm I'm just going to take a wild guess. Wild guess. Uh, before the events of Endgame, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, you know, yeah, before she's, she's, you know, no more. God, I love Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Doesn't it look great? It does. Um, I was very David disturbed. Harbour supposed to be. He is Red Guardian. Uh, okay. The Russian knockoff Captain America, like they, like they stole the secret serum and messed it up a little bit. Yeah. He stole the secret sauce? Yeah. He got none of the advantages except for the strength. He got the he got a belly. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, I love uh you got fat. <laughs> I love Nat's stormtrooper costume that we yep. see mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is uh this could be a, a big hit for Marvel. They could, you know, kinda just go through and you know, create several movies based off the the adventures of Matt Romanoff. So, so very much looking forward to it. Question, how do you guys feel? Because I, I'm kind of torn on the matter, but how do you guys feel about them going back and retroactively creating movies essentially for a character who's already dead? I think it's fine. <laughs> this is almost, is this a snap decision, Rob? Um, I, I, I mean, I guess it could be, but... I think it's fine. I think you, you know, for some characters, you hear about their exploits and, and I know for me, sometimes I'm like, man, I'd, I'd really like to see that. So this is that for me. Um, I think it's okay. You know? Yeah. I'm okay with it. Especially like for the, for the most part, if the movie is named after a character, even if they're in major peril that, you know, they're not going to die. Like, a James Bond movie, for example, like they're not, not going to kill him. Right. So in this case, yeah, but it's when they like bring in other characters who usually end up in peril and you're like, well, you know that Hawkeye's not going to die because we saw him six years later in this movie. It right. should have been Hawkeye. <laughs> not have been Hawkeye. I, um, I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm torn in the fact that you know that there's not going to be any more advancement of the character. I mean, how much character development can they really have? Because they can't advance the character. They can't develop the character too much knowing where the character started at in the Marvel universe. So there can't be any more character growth than what there already was, as well as, you know, the story isn't going to move forward. Like there's nothing to come after this. So I, I mean, I, I'm kind of torn on that. I kind of want to see it because I love the action. I love Marvel. I love Scarlett Johansson and David Harbour. I, I, <laughs> he looks, 
I, I love David Harbour, and uh, no. I, I mean, I, but even he couldn't save that Hellboy atrocity. But still, haven't seen it. <laughs> um, I so so I'm torn. I I mean, I want to see the movie, but I mean, I know it's not going anywhere, so to speak. Yeah. You know, because um, a you so know she survives. Uh, I mean, maybe it or, explains a couple of things about her character, but yeah, because we don't know how she went from Russian super spy to. Americanized member of Shield, right? Um, she starts off as a member of Shield, I, right? I, but this movie seems like it already addresses that because Nick Fury apparently has a role in the movie. So, I it mean, well, it looks like this movie takes place in three different timelines, like three different eras. Oh, okay, okay. And that's not me being smarter. That's me reading a breakdown of the trailer. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I may have been more torn rob i i might have been there with you if i hadn't enjoyed solo so much fair Uh, enough so all right you know i'm i'm cool with exploring the adventures of maybe you know some characters that that are not the star of the show Mm -hmm. you know nat she's she's a she's a supporting cast member in the avengers she makes some pretty important decisions but um you hear about all their exploits and stuff and I'm looking forward to it. You got a little little guy back there. You got a little little something poking in your door there, Greg. <laughs> Look how cute that is. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> Bye, Daddy. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll commentate real quick. Hi, Ethan. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've got Ethan, Greg's son, right now poking his head in his door, and it's so cute. He's waving at us. Aw. <laughs> Bye, Daddy. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Greg has forgotten to turn his microphone back on. He's notating the time. Uh, he's just drawing pictures of wieners. <laughs> <laughs> he's not actually doing anything. <laughs> that was my child letting me know that he was about to take a bath. Oh, okay. He was, I believe, not wearing clothes. That's why I was like frantically <laughs> trying to get him to not open up the door. <laughs> Oh, okay. He was telling me about his new plant on Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's, you know what? Good job, Greg. <laughs> okay. Don't let the kid play Minecraft. He's going to grow up stupid. <laughs> While you hear the bath running in the background. Yep. Uh, I'll just talk anyway. Screw so, it. news broke this past week. That yeah, what do you got? We'll be touring in 2020. Yay. Where are we going? Uh, it's They're going to England, or they're going to Europe. So I will not probably be going, but they're touring uh, with the Pixies. Isn't that a band? Europe? Yes. But that, it's, oh, man, if I still had that music hit, Jimmy would be getting Final Countdown yet again. Uh, uh, they're touring with the Pixies, Idols, and White Reaper. Uh in June and July of this of this year, and they haven't played since 2018. The last show that they played was at the uh, Fenway Park show that I was at. Mm-hmm. But a uh, bunch of shows in Germany, Denmark, Belgium, Austria, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they are playing at Hyde Park, a giant festival. Uh, do you think they're gonna do one of these big things like Metallica did and do a big European leg and then? You know, uh, uh, a leg of the tour over here. 
I hope so. I think um, they said they've been in the studio on five different occasions working on material. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the occasions, probably the first occasion, I do I did not like the song at all. Oh, so, so I'm glad that they didn't kind of stick with that particular route. Hmm. They did a song called Olay, and I just it I it was excited to hear it, and then I listened to it four or five more times to try to be like, what is wrong with me? Because I've liked most of their other stuff. Didn't mm-hmm. like that one, but. That's so a- I'm guessing that you know they went back. They have had some problems because, of course, they were very close with Chris Cornell, who who famously uh, committed suicide not to or passed away. We're not really sure what happened there, but they kind of took a little bit of a break to spend time with family and all that after that. So, either way, um, you know, maybe I will go to England. Kind of want to go to England. Jimmy said it was good, dude. Just where uh, knowing you. And and knowing you know my experience, uh, wear a uh, wear a dust pair of gloves, and uh, don't touch the rails, <laughs> the subway system, because you're gonna need it to get around. But uh, it's amazing, man. I, I highly, highly recommend that if you can, then you should. Cool. Well, that's that's what I got. You got anything, Rob? Ah. Uh... I mean, have you guys had an opportunity to see or play any of Jedi Fallen Order? No. But I want to. No. I I have actually seen a bunch of the gameplay. I haven't played it myself. It it's it's a very pretty game. I mean, I'll have I'll have to get back to you once I once I actually get my hands on it, but I, I've got a friend who's got it and I uh I watched him play a good bit of it through SharePlay. So it it looks pretty impressive. Yeah, we're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to devote a little bit of time talking to that. I it was funny. I was out shopping on Black Friday, and um, in that that line at Best Buy, how they kind of mm-hmm. you know put they had the bins. That mm-hmm. was the very first one. I said, "Oh shit, it's out!" <laughs> no idea. I knew it was coming, but I had no idea it was. It was, I, it was not on sale. <laughs> I almost bought it until I found out it was not on sale. And then I'm like, ah, well, you know, I can get this anytime. I don't need to buy this today. Yeah, same here. So I bought like 40 Blu-rays instead. That's kind of what happened with me. I bought a couple. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I went Black Friday shopping with Rob. Uh Oh. And I learned some things. That Rob must really be a very big fan of theme parks because he's not a fan of crowds. Mm, correct. I could, tell, you, I could tell by watching him before he even told me. I was like, "Oh, he's not happy with the crowds right now." <laughs> and he kept on disappearing, and I, I knew where I could find him by scanning the the empty areas of the store. Mm. <laughs> was that really where I was? Yes, you were always Holy like gravitating, you were gravitating towards like the empty areas. So I could just I could peek and like look around, and there was all these heads and stuff. And then I would see like, ah, oh, there he is. Um, nice. But what was interesting was I'm not sure if you saw it, Rob, but there was a family there that actually had custom t-shirts made for black Friday. You told it me said, about it. I did not like, see them. It said like the, like black Friday, 2019. And then it had like the, the Sanchez's or Gomez's or whatever. And they were walking around, like they were like into it, man. There was like TVs and all sorts of crap being purchased, but. And, yeah. and just a fair warning guys, if you're running out on black Friday to buy a cheap ass television, that is what you're getting. You are, in fact, getting a cheap-ass television. They make specific models 
and they they strip them down so that they can actually you're not getting a great deal other than the fact that you're getting you know a 65 inch tv you know at a quarter of the price but you've also got three quarters less features on your tv so basically you're just getting the big screen yeah like they they strip out all the hdmi ports they strip out all the all the extra connections in the bag you don't have any of the special features that the tvs would normally have it is they have what they call black friday televisions and they're only produced on black friday and they're stripped down versions so yeah, while while it is it is a deal, it you're just not getting the deal that you think you're getting. Yeah, so that 75 inch Hisense or Insignia TV that you were uh, so excited Sorry. about. Um, sorry. Yeah, there there was actually Panasonic. <laughs> there was one that I was looking at, and uh, I did a little further investigation, and it was a. Uh, I don't know. It was a. a more of a name brand than any of the others I mentioned, mm-hmm. but it, it, it was a quote smart TV, but uh, it came pre-installed with its own apps and you couldn't install any other ones. So you couldn't, uh, you couldn't get Hulu on it or anything like that. So uh, I did, however, get a new TV just before black Friday. It's a Toshiba uh, Amazon fire edition and it's fantastic. I can talk to it. Nice. <laughs> It's actually right behind my head. Ooh. Nice. So, yeah, nice. I love it. Did your apartment have crown molding? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Keep it classy. You're fancy. On this side of town, son. <laughs> okay. Any Anything else here, people? Because, you know, we have not done in a while. We have not played a game. Ooh, let's play a game. And this game, want to play a game, is is brought to you by our movie Saint or Sint or Sant or whatever the scary Santa movie. This is brought to you by that, and I decided to look up some um, weird traditions, like Christmas traditions from around mm-hmm. the world. Okay. So, for example, like Sinterklaas, which is what we'll talk about later. That would be a real one. You have to tell me if this is real or fake. Okay. Okay. Did real quick, did and I this will probably come up later. Did anybody else notice that every time they said Saint Nicholas, it sounded like they were saying Santa Claus? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I, I did. Right. So our, our first one, you guys have to tell me if this is real or fake. Okay. Uh, Jolu Puki. Jolu Puk Puki. <laughs> Rob. Also known as the Finnish Yule Goat, uh, that is an evil spirit who would go door to door demanding gifts and leftovers from the Yule feast. Hang on, real? It's 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 real because of the way that you mispronounce it and then tried to correct it. It is real. Also, the whole puking thing we'll get to later. If if it if it were fake, you would have just pronounced it and not made an attempt to correct it. Be aware. Um, I feel like I've I've heard that before. So I'm going to go with uh, true. Okay, that, that one is real. All right. Tied with uh, Rob. Okay, so the um, Yule Cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this... <laughs> you started giggling, but... It's, go ahead. Explain Yule it Cat, more. Yep. It is something in Iceland. Farmers will threaten workers with a Yule Cat. 
who will devour them if they do not make new clothes. I'm going to say fake. <laughs> if the farmers make clothes for them? Mm-hmm. That one is real. What? The, the no. real cat is real. Bullshit. Like, You're a real cat. You're so effing weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. The Dubasi. A group of unmarried men that drum and play violin and saxophone and walk around the streets of Romania to get presents. That's true. That's fake. That is true. Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Great. You you know what you should do for this? What? You should mute your video. There you go. I can see his eyes moving when one's real, even though I got the last one wrong. Uh, roller skating mass. The uh, city dwellers of Venezuela. That's will, 100% true. Will all roller skate to mass. Yeah. Rob, what do you say? Fake. That one is real as well. Oh, it just sounds too good. I, I'm happy that. Well, I'm, I'm having I'm having to vote opposite of Jimmy just to try and catch up, mm. but now I'm too behind. Yeah. Uh, Garukte Hoender. <laughs> the Garukte Hoender. <laughs> that is the Democratic Republic of the Congo. A smoke. Chicken is hung from greased light posts, and children try to climb up them to grab them for Christmas dinner. Grukte Hoender. True. I'm gonna, it sounds stupid. I'm going to go with true. That is false. Oh, damn. God damn. Although I did look up how to say smoked chicken in Afrikaans to figure that one out. Uh, it's real now. Yeah, it's... We could, that that should be real. In fact, I John. think we need to make a video of that. That'd be real. Like a totally serious... Like, this is what we do in Florida. Get up Grute there, Hoender. Go get the group day Hoender. Go get the Christmas feast. <laughs> On, like, a dusty street with, like, a guy with a really good British accent. Like, on, this, on the streets of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Smoke chicken. Let's see. Most Krakun. Children go out Christmas carol singing. And get sweets and dances, as well as traditional cakes called kasonaki. The hell is kasonaki? It's a traditional treat. Duh. <laughs> but what is it? He's baiting you. I don't know. It's fake. He's trying. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with true. That is true. That is also Romanian. Black. So Romanians during the day, the children sing at night, single men. <laughs> trying to get you to read the description of the cake. Good job, sir. Comprad uh, Ingels, uh, Belgian for compromised angel. This game is stupid. <laughs> I like it. Belgian for compromised angel. That is the adult Santa that delivers lingerie and other adult gifts to husbands and wives. He is considered a fertility saint. And occasionally in laws. I'm going to say real because I want it to be real. And occasionally in laws looking oh. for grandkids will sneak presents into the hoop shirtick. 
Oh my God! Please oh, be real. Um, please be real. You know, just to disagree with Rob, I'm going to say it's fake. That is in fact fake. I made yeah! that. One, I made that one up. You made you. That needs to be a real thing. Yeah, I made that one up using um, different names of products that you can buy at uh, IKEA. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be. Oh my God! That needs to be a thing. The child oh. is doing something crazy in the background. Yeah, he's okay. participating in Hoop Gwind or whatever the hell that was. I'm the grease pole for a chicken. <laughs> Daddy, can I stop now? You get up there and get your dinner. You don't want your mother to starve, do you? You want to go uh, to bed hungry? Okay, so we got two more here. Uh, Kagatia, also known as the pooping log. Right. A log is hollowed out and a f- legs and face are added. Every day, you feed the log, filling him with, with candy, fruit, and nuts, as well as a salt herring and some onions. And then you light the log on fire, hit it, and the log poops out the candy. Wouldn't the candy be melted? Is that true um, or not? Candy and herring and that onion? That seems like a waste of candy and food. I must say false. That seems like a waste of candy and food. I'm going to say false because it sounds disgusting. That is a Catalonian custom that is real. The Catalonian area of Spain. I do not know. Ooh. I bet it smells awful. It sounds terrible. And also, last but not least, the Kaganer. It is a Christmas statue that they place and hide in uh, nativity scenes. And, they, and the Christmas statue is defecating. He is placed in a corner very far away from Mary and Joseph. He needs privacy because he is, in fact, defecating. He's pooping is, out the Hervenjurgen log. Is the Kaganer a real thing? I'm going to say fake. It's real. That is real. <laughs> it, is also, it is also a Catalonian tradition. Uh, I had to go with two from the same area because I had to. Or they both sounded ridiculous. Um, it has become so popular that now they're actually selling the Coggeners with celebrity faces on them. So you can get like Brad Pitt pooping in your uh, in your town of Bethlehem if you'd like. So there you go. All right. <laughs> the- Rob Ever, the um, sane one, has decided all the crazy things are fake. But I do. In fact. Thank the inhabitants of Catalina Island for that. Yeah. Where I'm very happy that I'm. Yeah. Oh, I forgot one. Whoops. Oh my god. Uh, Fartig. F a r t y g. Lithuanian Santa. Sure. Why not? <laughs> that is also a product you can buy at IKEA. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Although the Lithuanian Santa, they do actually lay out a feast of him for him farting. of, uh, of herring fart. and small sweet pastries. Small <laughs> sweet farts. <laughs> All right, and, children. And, 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 you, if, bed, Ryan. <laughs> and he gives all the good children fresh, soft straw for their beds. Fart on the food. Out of his ass. Yep. <laughs> so Christmas, a lot different in other countries. That's what we've learned this evening. Yes. Well, hope you enjoyed and are as horrified as I am. <laughs> now send those kids up the grease pole. Get that Christmas chicken. The Farfanugan chicken. Or (laughs) Hofendagger. Whatever. Uh, It is, what did I call it? 
the uh, uh, Garukte Hoender. There you go. Apparently, the name of our next episode <laughs> be smoked chicken in Afrikaans. I think that needs to be the name of this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Garukte Hoender. We're gonna be like what? People are gonna look at it and be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yep. Okay, moving on. Shortly. So, uh, why don't you guys talk about Knives Out and try not to spoil it for me, because I still want to see it. Oh my god, take <clears throat> your headset off. <laughs> um, well then don't mess up, because I won't be able to edit it. I, I mean, we can tell you. I'm going to go through the um, kind of intangibles real quick. Uh, the movie is written and directed by Ryan Johnson of uh, The Last Jedi fame. And right, he did a much better job with this movie than he did with The Last Jedi. Yeah, uh, Mr. Johnson, I believe, should just stick to um, to writing uh, movies that are not um, Star Wars. Uh, so, agreed. He he also wrote a few episodes, uh, directed for Breaking Bad, the movie Looper, the movie stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Ana de Armas. Chris Evans, Don Johnson, Michael Shannon, Daniel Craig, Lakeith Stanfield, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, etc., 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 etc. It is a murder mystery film, and I uh, loved Daniel Craig's Southern Draw. Oh man, <laughs> you Kentucky Fried. What did he say? CSI KFC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a donut hole. I'm a donut. Yeah, uh, Daniel Craig plays a private investigator who has been hired by an unidentified person, and he is acting as a advisor um, to the police on their investigation. After consultant, consultant, consultant. Uh, to the police investigating the. Uh, supposed suicide of family patriarch of the zombie uh, mystery novel empire who was found dead at 85 in his study with a allegedly self-inflicted uh, slash throat, which uh, I imagine is an awful way to go. Mm-hmm. So the suspects here are uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays his daughter, uh, Michael Shannon, who is the son and leads the publishing empire. Okay. Um, who else? We've got Don Johnson. He is the husband. Jamie of, Lee Curtis's husband. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Tony Collette. Yes. Tony who, Collette. Was the widow of one of his other sons. Yes. Um, her daughter, Meg. Um, let's see. And Chris Evans, who plays Ransom Thombie or Hugh Thombie. Jamie Lee Curtis's son. Yes. Who, as you can kind of glean from the trailers, I think he's an asshole. Yes. He's the playboy. And, Go ahead. And I. I will say it, we'll we'll try not to spoil it. I, this is going to be my attempt at not spoiling. Okay. It. It's 
it's a it's a who done it that kind of leads you one way, has you believe in one thing for the whole movie, and then they kind of flip it on you a little bit. So, Certainly. so just when you think you've got it figured out, they kind of tip it. Yeah, in a what I think was a very clever way. Um, Even if it was a little convoluted, like as 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 it was unraveling at the end, I'm like, "Wow, this is okay." Yeah, yeah, all right. How are that mm, that takes a lot of falling into place, but okay, we'll run with it. You yeah, know? They, they did they did such a good job laying out the movie, making the characters believable, making the situation believable that when it rolled out, you kind of went, "Uh, okay, yeah." Yeah, yeah. It, it, you, like I thought about it for a split second, and I'm like, "Could it? Eh, all right, yeah, sure. uh, fine. I'll accept that." Because it certainly, like you were saying, I mean, it it takes a. You have, I think, within the first five to ten minutes of the movie, you probably. think you know exactly how it's gone down Mm -hmm. and then in the last 10 minutes it's all turned upside down um what do you think of the uh performances rob by this this star-studded cast who was Um, who was your favorite i honestly Mm -hmm. i have to say that the one of the more believable characters was the not the brightest name on the billboard the the girl who plays what was her name Anna? She was Marta. Marta. Yep. Anna Darmus. The girl who plays the girl who plays Marta. Yep. Is fantastic. She was I, great. I I I loved her, and I spent the whole movie rooting for her. And I'm like, because you know, she just kind of like made you, you know, feel for her, and it's like, ah, uh. and. And she was she was so believable. She 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 just pulled you in. So I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as the roles that they played were concerned, I mean, I guess Jamie Lee Curtis. I would have to I would have to go with. Yep. But as far as I don't want to say that because it'll give it away. I I can't I can't talk about the next one that there was there was there was another person in the movie who did a great job at <laughs> uh, hmm. you you know what I'm talking you know who I'm talking about right can can you tell me who it is <sighs> type it there's. There's there's a person in the movie who does a great job of ah. deceiving the audience. Yes. Yes. We'll say that. Yes. Okay. Yes, they certainly do. Um I I, I know exactly whom you speak of. Uh they lead to to believe that uh they are a certain way when in fact they are that way and then some. Yeah, mm, I, I, if if I could put it that way, and at the reveal, you're like, "Oh my god, really?" Yeah, mm, yeah, okay. Um, 
they're they're uh my michael shannon always for me shines um in everything that he does um he's in a movie called take shelter that i was introduced to and it's just a a incredible uh, performance by him jamie lee curtis i thought was great as well uh, anna de armas she was in uh the latest blade runner um i think she's she's a rising star she's pretty fantastic um and i won't say too much more than that uh this movie had side-splitting moments Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I thought there were some incredibly funny and well-written jokes and gags. Um, you speaking of gagging, um, I won't say who, but there's a character who, um, can't lie or even think about telling a lie without puking. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Made for some really funny, <laughs> really it did. funny moments. It did, and, and made you think a certain way uh, at, at times. Um, so, where where did you see it, Rob? I. You mean what theater did I see it? Yeah. Curious. I, I saw it in Altamont. Oh, okay. I saw it in Oviedo. Yeah, I saw it at the Altamont Mall. Yeah, so uh, you guys might not have any idea where those places are, but I was just curious. Is there anything more you'd like to discuss about it? Yeah, not without giving it away, right? I, I mean, we we I could go on about it because there were so many things that I liked about this movie. Yeah, so many. More. But I'm afraid that I'm afraid I'd let it slip. Agre- yeah, I I'm with you there. I think. Um, this could have gone as short as us saying who directed it, who wrote it, who was in it, and the fact that it's a murder mystery. Yeah. I mean, as it is, we've probably already given a little bit away if you start watching the movie. But that being said, on our uh, Give Me Five rating system, what do you think, Jimmy? I don't think you have to see it in a theater. I don't think it's a must-go-out uh, I don't think it's a must go out and see on the very first day. Uh, it's, I think it's, uh, it's a movie you don't want to watch alone. Um, I, I can, I can get with that. Yeah. I, I would say not because it's scary, but does it, does it have to be seen in a theater? No. Should you see it in a theater? This movie is good enough to warrant being seen. In Agreed. Theater. Yeah, it's it, worth the cost. It's 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 worth this movie is worth the admission. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a movie that you have to see in the theater, but it is a movie that is absolutely worth the admission to the theater to see it. So I would no, you don't have to see it opening night. In fact, if you haven't seen it already, you haven't seen it opening night. But it's it's worth going on a, like a weekend matinee to see without question. I sat there with my popcorn. I sat there with my drink and just enjoyed the shit out of it. I, it was I enjoyed every second of the movie. Yeah, it, it was just funny. Um, it, 
<laughs> some some characters who no, no normally don't play the roles that they did uh did mm-hmm. a fantastic job i'm speaking about one person in particular um but uh yeah it, go see it man yeah see it in the theater it it is worth the price of admission and certainly as soon as it comes out um this is the kind of movie that i would like to uh own own and yeah be like if you're sitting around with a bunch of friends you're like hey what are we gonna do hey let's watch knives have out. you have you seen knives out oh we're gonna watch yeah that. yeah yeah and and i i totally see this movie fitting in that in that same zone for me as well kind of like uh tucker and dale does yeah. <laughs> like if i if i'm sitting around and i've got friends who haven't seen tucker and dale versus evil i'm like oh we're watching this movie this is great you're gonna love it yeah but yeah this this is a movie that would sit right in that zone for me you know what uh, a movie uh, i'm back yeah hey guys yeah a little <laughs> bubble in your throat um i do you know what movie i've actually done that with hmm. which it's a little film called Rombach Berlin Undead. Oh, so the and the reason Jimmy is mentioning that mm-hmm. is because we I got a message from a listener. You can say his shout out to Scott. Scott. He got a I think he got a shout out an episode or two ago. Good dude, good dude. But he he sent he sent me a message and said that he really wanted us at some point to review the movie Rambach. Yeah, which I've so already seen several times it is that kind of movie that i'm like hey it's not a very long movie it's i and it was made on like a shoestring budget oh yeah he was saying good um yeah so what's uh scott's twitter handle you can follow him i Uh. i don't know (laughs) i was talking i was talking to him on the phone actually because he he was speaking with with Jen. Ah. Uh, I'm going to get that right now. So, those of you out there wondering who we're talking about, that is a, a Mr. Scott McLean. You can mm-hmm. find him on uh, S. McLean at S. McLean 71. Yes. So, thank you, there sir. You we will be talking about that soon. And I uh, can't. Do you guys happen since I was not here? Did you guys happen to talk about the box office of Knives Out? Because it did really well. We did not. Uh, it did remarkably well. In You're our a, numbers guy, so hit us yep. with it. Uh, in a movie world where Frozen took $126 million over the holiday weekend, Knives Out did $45.9 million in the United States. That's huge when there's already another movie sucking up everyone. Uh, $75.4 million in the world. So it did really well. So it was it was and released it had, the same weekend as Frozen? Uh well Frozen came out a little bit sooner, but yeah. Oh, okay. But it did really well and it um uh had great word of mouth. It got a I think A plus word of mouth. So that does Yeah, it you know. it, it is a great movie. It, yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Cool. Can I talk about something depressing? No, because we're going to keep talking about Knives Out. Um, so the character... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, if, if you Go want, for it. It's not entirely depressing, but I was kind of on a kick after listening to the... And don't be mean, Jimmy. 
the guy from Black Crows, after I read, listened to his book, I was like, wow, this book is really good. Wow, I need to do a lot of heroin now. No, he Woo! was, he's not. He was the, he was the sane one in the band. You'd actually like it because he talks about how much dipshits the rest of the band were. They are. And he's a, he's a big, I believe, Atlanta sports guy as well. There we go. But anyway, so he, uh, after that, I was like, well, I want to find something else. And, you know, I've kind of listened, I tend to listen to and or read a lot of music biographies. So I found one that was available on Audible and only on Audible called Alice in Chains, The Untold Story. And I was a little worried about that because if it's only on one venue, it's either uh, outdated and they just picked it up and decided to pay for someone to do the voiceover or not good. But apparently this one's actually really good and very well researched. Um, so it is about the, ba- the band Alice in Chains. Uh, one of the first big grunge bands, and anyone who knows me, uh, has I have been referred to as a plaid enthusiast or a flannel enthusiast by my boss, actually. You certainly are. <clears throat> yeah, it is flannel season again. I it's always flannel season for you, sir. That is true. That is true. So big fan <laughs> of all the grunge it's bands. It's just long-sleeve flannel season for you. Yes, yes. Uh, this is written by David DeSola. It, as I said, it is available on Audible. And he is a journalist and a fan of Alice in Chains, and he was looking for an Alice in Chains book that really didn't exist. There's been one written, and it was very poorly researched, and it was the woman that wrote it really installed a bunch of her own religious views onto the members of Alice in Chains, which is really not a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. So I, I never like read that one. Alice in Chains fan fiction? Yeah, we would go with that. I've been reading some lovely fan fiction recently. Yes, you have. Been being sent to me some Polly Shore fan fiction sent to me by uh, someone. Somebody's got to do it, man. <laughs> we'll just refer to them as Timmy. Timmy, yeah. Anyway, so basically what he Timmy. did. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to write a book about Alice in Chains considering two of the main members are dead. But he was able to tell the story, and the other two really didn't want to talk about it, of course. Uh, so he was able to tell the story through interviews and reading other articles and magazines and like actual public records and medical records. And it was very, very well researched. In fact, so well researched that it was supposed to come out earlier. And then the Virginia Rolling Stone article about the fraternities, like gang raping people that turned out to be a complete hoax happened like the week he was about to send the book in. So he went back and rechecked everything that he had written because he didn't want to be associated with like another Hoax. Hoax, no. yeah. So it's very well well written. In fact, it's so well researched that in sometimes it's a good book, but it sometimes it does sound a little bit like then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. So it's there are times where it's a little dry. But uh I thought it was very interesting because I mean I don't know if you know much about Alice and Chains. Well, I'm sure Jimmy does, but Rob probably not so much. Nope. Uh, yeah. They did start off. You've told as, me some things recently that are just kind of kind of painful to hear. Yeah, so they they actually started off as like a hair metal band for the most part, and it was Alice and Chains, like. But then Guns N' Roses became popular with the N, and so they switched to Alice in Chains, and sort of became. They played this this slow version of punk, which became grunge eventually, and they were around since like the eighties, but. A few things. One, I had a, a run-in with them. It was at one of my maybe second ever concert. I went to see uh, Van Halen on the For Unlawful Cardinal Knowledge tour. And it was interesting because I 
our seats were third row where we were, but technically seventh row because they had like these big towers that came out. So where we were was third row, and we were sitting in the same row as out in the members of Alice in Chains. Like after they played, they came out and sat in the crowd, and I I met Mike Starr, who's the bassist and who passed away in 2010 mm. um, from pills. But what was interesting is they mentioned that this tour is when these guys started dabbling in heroin. Mm. So, and they also mentioned that the members of the band, they, some of them grew up poor, some of them grew up whatever, you know, without the money to do stuff. So when they saw kids in the crowd, they would give them guitar picks, give them advice, give them, in some cases, if it was a smaller show, give them guitars. And sure enough, I was one of those kids. I was like 14 years old, and I, the member of Alice in Chains gave me a guitar pick. Well, I was in it. Well, I was in the crowd. And I still remember that. I wish I still had it. It's somewhere in my house. But anyway, so I thought that was interesting. Um, Find it. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it was actually a Sammy Hagar Red Rocker guitar pick, but it was what they had available to them. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, I would never claim Sammy that Alice in Chains is my, my, my favorite band ever. Yeah. But it's weird because like three of their songs have would probably land in my top 100. Like Man oh. in the Box. I love that song. Absolutely. For sure. The solo on that song is incredible. Um, Nutshell is insanely haunting. In fact, I saw a – it wasn't even them. It was another concert. It was the Jenna Torturers, oddly enough. Mm. And they came out to the acoustic version of Nutshell as a girl uh, sat on a keg with a belt sander and shot sparks up her naked body. It was... Yep, sounds about uh, right. And, yeah, yeah. And she was wearing a uh, black Jason mask with glowing red eyes. It was um, life-changing, I would say the words would be. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's very, it's a very, it's a interesting story. You hear a lot about how good Alice in Chains were to their fans and how good they were in general. And just, it's interesting also because you can definitely see how heroin destroyed that band. And I cannot, I read a lot of these books and all that, and it's always drugs, 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 alcohol, whatever. That's what destroys these bands. Yeah. I don't understand what the draw is. I will never understand what the draw is no you know i i ugh, i just ugh. heroin has such a, a just a a horrible effect on people and and the, an impressive death count for, yeah you know it, mm -hmm. it, people really don't escape from that alive very often and, you know god bless them if they can if they if they do but man i i can't imagine what compels one to say hey that looks like a good idea yeah and people you know get aids they their heart just stops they get gangrene mm. you know they do uh lane staley basically dropped out of public sight from what 1999 to 2002 when he died he basically just sat in his apartment doing heroin and playing video games yeah there's a and and you know the guys from red hot chili peppers are are you know uh you know, most of them survive. There's a, uh, there's a, a interview with John Frusciante um, out there. Where he's just sitting in his apartment. He's just completely strung out on heroin. And, oh, man, that, oh, that's just a, that's mm -hmm. a, a hard, hard sight, man. It's a hard thing to see. So, 
and I mean, even as a kid, you kind of knew where that was going with that band specific with uh, Alice in Chains because I mean, they had a song where one of the lyrics was "What? What's your drug of choice? What have you got?" And like when they sang it, it wasn't just like, "Oh, we're trying to be cool. We're singing about drugs." It was like, "No, this dude is basically shooting up everything." Yeah, and so it's a it's a sad story, but it's a very interesting story. If you mm-hmm. grew up liking that kind of music, I highly suggest it. If you like uh, you know books about musicians and all that, and it it also really opens your eyes to some of the songs and what they're about and why releases happen the way they did. So I actually highly suggest it, despite the last chapter being kind of a bummer, as these books tend to be. To be honest, sure, now, now what's it called again? Uh, it's just called Alice in Chains: The Untold Story by David Desola. All right. You know, I, I did forget to mention something else about Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do tell. Um, I, I did, you know, I mean, this is Thanksgiving. He did join my family for Thanksgiving two two years in a row, I believe. Yes. And I learned something else about Rob, about, apart from his crowds thing. I learned that he is excellent at cutting cheese. I am. At which, you, yeah, he is very good at cutting the cheese. In fact, all all aspects of that saying as well. Now, listeners will know that he is excellent at cutting cheese. Yes. However, no, I'm I'm excellent at cutting the cheese. That's what the listeners would know. Yes, yes. But my sink got clogged with uh, potato peelings from my mashed potatoes, and so I was having to deal with that. So I didn't get a chance to cut the cheese for the cheese board. So I handed Rob three chunks of cheese and a knife, and I said, "Cut the cheese." And I ended up with hundreds of equally sliced pieces of cheese. They were completely the same. Not a single mistake. I was well, impressed. You, you have said on other occasions that you were highly impressed with my knife skills. It is true. It is true. Oh. That man can chop up some onions and also hookers. Was I supposed to say that out loud? And drifters. Don't forget the drifters. Drifters, yeah. Definitely drifters, onions, <laughs> and uh, leeks. Very good with that. I might have to have you cut the cheese at my wedding, sir. Oh, he's gonna whether or not you want him to. <laughs> my it's fiance, gonna happen. My fiance can't hear you guys, so she probably heard that from the other room, and it's going. What the hell is he talking about? Gonna send an angry I'll terrier after you. Explain. Oh, that. Oh, he is. Uh, he's somewhere around here. <laughs> okay, so now we are on our ridiculous movie of the week. <laughs> oh boy, it's ridiculous. Rob, introduce the the fans yes. to Saint or Sint. Yes. And I had been see- I, I tried to watch this last year and I couldn't actually find it. I couldn't find it anywhere. When we were doing our little uh uh horror Christmas <laughs> bonanza. So I was trying to find it last year to watch it and I just couldn't find it. But this year we actually found a uh, a spot where we can watch it. So for those of you who are interested, it is on Hulu currently and you can watch it on hulu yes but the uh the rundown of this movie is saint nicholas a power thirsty bishop demands sacrament every full moon but on the 5th of december the townspeople have finally had enough and get revenge and the not so jolly oh on on the not so jolly old not so elf god that was terrible writing this (laughs) december 5th the bishop returns to collect what is his the not so jolly old uh not so elf. He's not an elf. Correct. Yeah. Just really terrible wording. Old not yeah, he's old. The old not so jolly or elf. 
whatever. It was. You were uh, listening to the Grammatical Minute. <laughs> it was made in 2010. It was written and directed by Dick Moss. Uh, of yeah, Amsterdam and Killer Dames. Yeah, yeah, Amsterdam, Killer Babes, and Flotter. Apparently, yeah, I don't know what it is. And it stars so Egbert, Jan Weber. Yeah, you can just say whatever names you want to. Egbert, Jan Weber, Bert Loops, Caro Lenson, Hoob Stoppel, etc. I love Hoob Stoppel's Good earlier work. Good old Hoob. I do. Hoob, Hoob Stoppel, his Stoppel. earlier work is inspired. But then, I don't know, maybe it was the heroin. He just kind of, he fell off later on. Yeah. Poor yeah. Hoob. So what did you guys think of this movie? Oh, it was fucking ridiculous. It was great. It was totally ridiculous. Yeah. It was it was everything I love in a movie, but yet I fell asleep during it twice. <laughs> there was a, a lot of boat towards the end. A lot of very soothing boat. Oh yeah. There was a lot of like like lapping of the water. Yeah, that put Not, me Yeah. There's a lot of that. I went from literally throwing horns up at the TV when when there were special presents given to high school girls and the way the girls were dressed was like right out of 1989. I was like, hell yeah. To falling asleep. Hell yeah. I'm moving to Amsterdam is what Greg said. I did. I did. I was, I I was packing my bags. I was going to go and and celebrate, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Sinterklaas day. I was ready. I was on the way. And then I fell asleep because it, turned into a boat show but it was fun it was it made me wonder about some of the censorship laws in in uh amsterdam or in the the dutch uh, they there were some things that they got away with in this movie that they wouldn't have gotten away with in uh american movies but we, i think we'll get to that as well so. yeah there there was one thing in particular where in watching this movie up until a certain point i'm like man why doesn't this have the the cult following that that i think it does and then oh okay that's why now i did a little bit of research and and we'll talk about that too but overall um i really enjoyed it 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 really not only from being uh, from that side of the world but if you guys have seen dead snow or dead snow 2 it reminded me a, a lot of those films um, there were some some really fun practical effects. There was one that involved a uh, what was that a, a rook a staff? Uh, what did, one of the characters had where he kind of used it like a um, a can opener around mm-hmm. somebody's head. Yeah, and it was just oh man, th- that's one of the parts where I I was throwing up the horns and 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 cheering the just sheer ridiculousness of the movie. So. I felt like this movie actually gave me a little bit of a look as to what daily life is for the Dutch. Mm. Yeah. Where, like, just yes. little things that without having to outright say it. Or just, like, now literally everything I know about the Netherlands, because there isn't a Netherlands pavilion at Epcot, everything I know about the Netherlands I know from this movie. Yes. Like, yep. like high school girls get dildos as Christmas presents. That might um, be just from this movie. Yes. <laughs> well, and, hang on. They did say they topped their previous year's record of that's five. Right. So it's happened at least yeah. twice. Five yeah. 
the previous year, six this year. So good job. And that's exactly what I wrote. I'm moving to the Netherlands. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I, the, if you, if you don't expect anything from the movie, you won't be disappointed. The, no. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely ridiculous. That right there is a tagline that every movie should use. It is absolutely ridiculous. And if you, if you just sit down and enjoy the movie, it's a lot of fun. If you sit down and look for things like, I don't know, motive or uh, political acting, correctness or good acting. <laughs> um, the the main care. I had such a hard time with the main character, the the cop, the one that who oh. whose entire family was murdered as a kid. On yes, Christmas, yes. On it months. was was I the only one? Because every time he was on screen. It felt to me like there was just somebody off to the side, like telling him what to do and feeding him his lines. Cause he just had this, this, this dead eye stare off into nowhere. And like, he was listening to somebody say something and then he'd just like repeat the line. <laughs> like, so he was like, he was kind of like the Loomis of the movie, mm-hmm. but where he was like traumatized, but he also wasn't completely crazy, but he also had a little bit of like a, a Larry David situation going on where like, if he just said the explained himself better, then he probably wouldn't have ended up in the situation he was in. Yeah. There's a lot of that. He was a bit of a dumbass. And five minutes into the movie, I'm like, Oh shit, they're killing kids in this movie. All right. We're going to, we're, we're we're in for it now. Let's do this. All right. Maybe not even five. Uh, Also, uh, if you don't expect much, you won't be disappointed. Title of Rob sex tape. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I'm sad that Jimmy didn't come up with it. And cool, 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 cool. Then I could get it in. No doubt. No, also, doubt. the title of you my could, sex tape. You could not get it in. That is I the title get it of in, your sex so. tape. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's going so poorly. Oh. I think it's going great. So, yeah. so it's basically the bishop gets killed, I guess, burned on his ship. And then, so the the story is is that every every time there is a full moon on the fifth of December, he comes back. And they said it happens once every what thirty four years or something like that. Yeah, it, it, he was not just a regular bishop. He was uh, he had like a marauding band of of people, and they would go into this village, and if people left out gifts and if they weren't happy with them, they would send these these black peats, uh, black peats. That's what they were into yeah. the house. So down chimneys, down whatever to kill, murder people and steal a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So eventually the village was like, screw this. We're going to kill this guy. Like, like Freddy Krueger, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, some of the death scenes were hilarious. Like, like Jimmy said, when the dude used his staff to basically open his neck, like a can opener, I was like, okay. And then I was like, where the hell did the flamethrower come from? Yeah. There were a lot of, um, where did he get the flamethrower? There were a lot of, impalement out of nowhere. Yeah, like the uh the tr- hay baler thing, what's that called? The trident, the pitchfork. There we pitchfork. go. The pitchfork <laughs> through the guy's chest. And <laughs> hay baler thing. <laughs> hay baler thing trident. Uh I had a day. Whole arm. Yeah, so the, either way they, they like did that thing where they're all sitting around a fire, all the bad guys, all the all the black peats are sitting around a fire. And somehow don't manage to notice an entire village full of farmers, like, sneaking up behind them, ready to murder them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but yeah. And Maybe. and the and so I, I'm still unsure as to what the bishop's motivation was because apparently when he comes back, he just kills indiscriminately and steals children. Uh, I so, I guess. So uh, there is a line in the movie. Um, towards the end, uh, the main, the younger character asks, you know, why he's doing this. And the, uh, the crazy cop says he won't stop until he's slaughtered all of Amsterdam. So he's taking his revenge out on Amsterdam and he won't stop until they're all dead, I guess. <laughs> so Once every you can learn more years, by reading seemed, Jimmy's book. The it seems like that's thing. a losing I got, battle. I got more history, unfortunately, but yeah. So, like, th- what if he kills them all, and then thirty-two years later, he shows up and he's just like, "Oh, okay, I'll go back to what sleep do, now." What do I do now? I don't. Okay, yeah. Now again, everything I know about the Netherlands. no expectations, people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> everything I know about the Netherlands from this movie. I thought it was interesting. They When they did the gift thing in class, they all hand out gifts in class and people come up to the front of the class and open the gift like they're well, doing a show and tell. And the guy opens up a gift that is full of his own stuff. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And like basically his girlfriend was breaking up with him that way. So he kind of walks back and says something nasty to his girlfriend or whatever. But the girlfriend broke up with him because she was cheating on him. So they made it seem like he was like the bad guy. Well, no, like, she, she broke she broke up with him because he was cheating on her, but she was already cheating on him. But okay. he was cheating on her for longer and with more people. Oh, okay, see, I and, and apparently with her friend who claimed to not have ever been with anyone. Yes. So, yeah, none of the Younger people in this movie are very likable at all. I no, like. no. She did, however, look like uh, the chick from. Uh, uh, oh shoot, the one that ended up on Sugar in Showgirls, but was on was Head of the Saved Birthday. by the Bell. Yeah, yeah, Saved by the Bell. There we go. I never watched that show. Oddly, Jesse Spano. Yeah, she looked a little bit like Jesse Spano. I'm so and, excited. Yes, I'm so excited. Also, I'm a lot so of smoking. Excited. I'm so scared. A lot of smoking. Yeah, everyone in the Netherlands seems to smoke. Yes. It's a thing. I yeah. think that's accurate. Yeah, I was okay, so basically this whole this is the moment from well, if it was Halloween where the you're learning about the kids as they're walking home from school, basically. And they walk by a giant snowman, and I was really disappointed that in no way, shape, or form did that thing ever come back to life. I wanted the giant snowman to come to life. You wanted a frosty attacks situation because it looked pretty scary. It was a, it was a scary snowman. I wanted this to be, it, if nothing else, have one of like the Black Pete live in it or something like hanging mm-hmm. out in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It Next happen. week we'll be reviewing the killer snowman movie Jack Frost. Love that movie. There's a carrot scene in that movie that we need to talk about. <laughs> anyway, so continue. the the other thing I didn't understand is, I mean, is he specifically targeting children because? You know, they they made this big deal about the whole child wing at the hospital where he apparently visited and the Black Peets took all the children from the from the wing of the hospital. I had concerns about that part when they showed all of the poor, like, disease-ridden children. Uh-huh. And I'm like, are they really going to kill an entire room full of kids that are already sick? Yep. The, the best, no, they didn't. The best part of it was like, wait a minute. 
Because at the end of the movie, the good guys killed them. Because they took them hostage and, you know, they were looking through their little scope at the end and mm-hmm. they and they heard, like, the children crying and stuff as they were loading them on his ship. And then they went and blew up his ship. <laughs> I was like, what the You're right. What the right. fuck just happened? The good guys just killed all the kids on the ship? They made well, you no know, they were in to the... rescue anybody. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, you know, they were in the, where they actually said the word for where they, what the name of that place was. The ship hold or whatever? No, the, like the, the, uh, I wrote it down, but apparently not. Infirmary or. Yeah, like the child infirmary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Yeah, so they're already there, so, you know. Dust I guess children. Burn, burn them and, <laughs> and drown them alive as well. Dust I was ch- like, children the hell? Yeah, they didn't really pull my, pull the punches with the kids at all. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some children vacuumed up the chimney, and there was, like, blood splattered everywhere afterwards. And... Oh, man, there's a, a great scene in Dead Snow, too, which this movie reminded me so much of. Uh, there's kids playing in a sandbox, and a uh, World War II-era tank just... Mows him down. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So and but but I was shocked that that in this movie the good guys did it. I was like, yeah, they. But yeah, uh, what? And were, and it was they were covering it was almost up. like it was almost like they they were planning something a little bit more involved, and then they kind of like ran out of money, so they had to do something and end the movie. And they're like, all right, so. All right, we can't save nobody, so just throw the explosive on this boat and blow up his ship. We'll we'll do that. We'll do that. That makes sense. It was uh, the Kinder Off-Dwelling, by the way. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, the Kinder Off-Dwelling. So uh, this, of course, being the Amster- uh, set in Amsterdam, they do visit the uh, Red Light District briefly. Very that briefly. would happen. Yeah. With the only English in the movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The the American sex tour, tour group. group. Yeah, the yes. American tour group that is walking through the red light district. Taking pictures and being touristy in general. We are yeah. not looked fondly upon in other countries. No. Sigh. Alas. Yeah. Um, so at this point in my notes, I think it's time. <laughs> I have in big letters, well, I'm offended. Yep. Because... Our teenage heroes, they, they put on some of very elaborate costumes for what would assume would be a prank. And, and no, it's a Christmas party. Yeah, it's yeah. like a Christmas party, and they put on some costumes, and apparently there's some different rules in Amsterdam than here. Go yep. ahead, guys. Yeah, well, so there are, and um, we... We refer to a character or characters called Black Pete. Now, in the the lore of this film, uh, St. Nicholas was assisted by a helper referred to as Black Pete, who a Black Pete was a Moor person or uh, a member of the Muslim population of uh, Spain and Portugal. Um, so that person being of, of darker skinned, the, uh, the tradition as has been for however long Christmas has been a a thing, uh, since Coca-Cola invented, um, the, our, 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 uh, the way we ring in the season, 
I guess you could say, uh, has been to don blackface. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's recently fallen out of favor um, as, you know, in in Amsterdam, it it had, I, I guess, never... They got together like, you know, maybe this isn't the best. Well, look. you know, I... I, I, I really don't think now, it's is that it, had any malicious intent behind it but is it something that's fallen out of favor in amsterdam or has it fallen out of favor with uh people from other countries who feel the need to get involved with the rest it's fallen of out of favor in amsterdam and okay yeah it, no, it, they changed it not too long ago and they said it's no longer blackface it's ash face from like when they climb up and down the chimneys yep mm -hmm. so it's soot it's but sooty peat now yeah because as generations, honestly, I mean, as soon as the internet takes off, generations mm. learn more about other countries and like, wow, this is kind of racist. Especially yeah. considering, you know, the Dutch were one of the biggest slave traders. Yeah. Um, it They haven't exactly had the best uh, racial uh, opinions throughout the years. If it's, so. uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, uh, the characters that do um, uh, portray... Uh, Black Pete in that manner don't live for very long. Horribly violent deaths. He's uh, in his car with his friend watching pornography on his phone. Yeah. And then he, as I put it, gets murder stabbed through the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some, some good good ones of those, like the, the reverse impalement, as I was saying, where the character goes, you know, does that, hey guys, we're safe, and then the blade comes through their chest. Yep. Um, that happens to his face. Yep. That's actually a pretty inter interesting sequence because the guy that does get away does a pretty good job of getting away and taking out some of the the black, the actual black peats. There's some mm -hmm. r running over them, and um, yeah, I, it was it was a pretty decent sequence for for this movie. Uh, this movie get, definitely had the budgetary limitations, but. And this police force is on it, man, because they're they they're already responding to right, you know. And I'm like, what the hell? How? Where did they come from? Well, when they're not busy pulling over people for like prostitution or doing pot because it's both legal, they have a lot of free time to apparently stop people from murdering death elves or try to. Well, I mean, but but it literally fight. happened. It literally happened like thirty seconds prior, and I'm like, how? How did they know what what is going on? How <laughs> it's maybe Amsterdam, 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 Are you doubting this is America? The we call Dutch it police system, Amsterdam. Maybe it's just really small. It's like an episode of Cheers. Everybody yeah. knows that's name. that's the name of Jimmy's biography. Maybe it's just really small. <laughs> Amsterdam. Hamster bam. <laughs> uh, they they do of course go to this this movie reminded both all of us about other movies and when they do go to the Kinder Ofteling, the <laughs> hospital for children. That's uh, IKEA furniture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could be. Uh, it's a chalk. They they did a decent job of like making you actually care about that nurse because she's like she talks to her kids and she's like I'll open up the present here and I'm sorry I can't be home for this holiday and i'm like oh well she's gonna die but i actually cared about her in the like one minute she was on screen mm -hmm. so much that i, I referred yeah. to her as the cute nurse and that she died and then apparently that's when i fell asleep because my notes end 
probably cared about that character more than any other character in the film. That's true, actually. That is 100% accurate. Because right after this point, it becomes a boat show. Lots of boats at night. And that... <laughs> I wasn't even mad at it. Since when does that, that canister that he put on the back of the boat and ignited, when does that become a jetpack? I need to apparently watch Whatever this movie again. Whatever you want. You, you know okay. what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and it just somehow uh, found its mark. Yeah, it was like, shoot. No, hold on. It was a heat-seeking. Yeah. Uh, he, he put like a barrel of gasoline on the back of this thing and then lit the trail. And, and it was apparently like, it just turned into a rocket. Somebody <sighs> popped a balloon. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Good stuff. Yeah. Overall, I mean, it was very enjoyable. Um, it, it was just mindless, you know, go into it with, I went into it with no expectations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. The sequel to Rob's sex <laughs> No expectations. Be a name, a good name for a cologne. Yeah, I, I certainly think this is a, a, a campy slasher film, low-budget B-movie that uh, you could incorporate into your, your ho- holiday watch list, your Christmas watch list, um, because uh, it's either that or you watch a bunch of shitty Krampus movies. That I'm Which reminds still me. pissed off about. To, but to be fair, the first Krampus movie is one of the best. Oh. One of the best Christmas horror movies out there. You mean Krampus the Reckoning? No. I mean Krampus. Yeah. No, I can't wait to watch that this season. K- Krampus is one of is without question one of the best Christmas horror films out there. For sure. <laughs> did you know did you guys see the controversy about this movie? I think it involved Black Pete, right? I thought I read something about it. Well, other than that, yeah. I mean, that's the the racist controversy. But there was another controversy, which is funny because as I was watching this, it was like, wow, they have a different view of what to show in horror movies than and just in life in general, which I thought was interesting. Mm -mm. But um, so in Amsterdam, there the people children were not able to see the movie, obviously. So that's about the same. Mm -hmm. But the posters actually had. Oh. Sinterklaas with a mutilated face and a very terrifying look. So people were a little scared that the kids were going to get confused and be frightened of Santa Claus or Sinterklaas because of the poster. So there was like a there was a legal complaint filed in October of 2010 that required that requested the removal of all posters. During the court, they actually got to a court case, and director Dick Moss. <laughs> uh, argued it. that if parents could make their children believe that Sinterklaas existed, they could also inform their children that a man on the poster was not the real Sinterklaas. And he won that battle. Hell um, yeah! So. I I really, really hope the director has a brother named Chris. <laughs> that dude did everything on this movie. If you looked at the opening credits, his name was everywhere. <laughs> his IMDb picture is pretty ridiculous. He looks like he was trying out for an extra position in the Matrix. 
Nice. And Greg, in your office, it looks like you have a TIE fighter made out of Bud Light cans. <laughs> <laughs> that right there? Yeah. The blue one? Yeah. That is an original Lego TIE fighter, my friend. It looks like it's made out of Bud Light. I also have, you can also see over my shoulder, amongst my Harry Potter t- uh, scarf that Rob got me, a um, wand holder that Rob made me. That's my little Rob shrine over there. Oh. And my old jean jacket from when I was in high school. Covered in, in uh, anti-fur buttons. Covered in buttons. Like slaughter, with, with... slaughter and warrant and poison pins, to be honest. And, and some Rob's face. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, th- does that take us away from Saint? Uh, our usual question, should they make remake or make an American version of this movie? Sure. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Honestly. I would. It, it is... It is such a cheesy horror flick that I, I think I think we could even if we change a couple of things I I think we could I think we could pull it off yeah, maybe like I, significantly less boats I'd be okay with and yeah. significantly less blackface <laughs> so hundred yeah. percent less blackface fifty percent less boats and I'd be in put yeah put, definitely man my my boy Stinky Pete doesn't get the uh, the credit he deserves put Stinky Pete in there and. <laughs> And I, I just have to say again that I, I know you keep saying um, Sinterklaas, mm-hmm. but that's that's not what they were saying through the whole movie. They kept calling him Saint Nicholas, mm-hmm. but the way that they're saying it, they say Saint Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, and it sounds like Santa Claus. And I'm like, is that where we got Santa Claus from? Saint Nicholas. Yes, he is Saint a Nicolas. Spanish archbishop who wants to kill you. And it's Saint Nicholas, but they say it's Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. He direct really? He directed the music video for Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. Dick Moss. Okay. Interesting. That's that's weird. Isn't <laughs> he, that, directed, he directed a lot of Golden Earring that music Radar videos. Love? Nick yeah, they did, he didn't do the video for that, but it was the same band that did Radar Love. That band sucks. Almost as bad as Super Tramp. <laughs> You're pissing off a lot of 50-year-old, like, Super Tramp fans? Mm, that's... <laughs> I have been working on a top five, five, like, my top five favorite songs, mm-hmm. and the, which I will have soon. Um and my top five worst songs ever recorded, Super Tramp is up there, along with Rush, maybe wow. Golden Earring, Jimmy angering sixty year olds since nineteen eighty four. That's right. That's awesome. What I'm here okay. for. Okay. So Rob, as the host, you ask the question. Ass host. I am the ass host. <laughs> so we discussed it a little bit in this episode mm-hmm. about how it's movie uh, movies that when we find out that someone hasn't seen it, we're like, oh, no, you have to watch this movie. We're going to watch this movie. So the question I believe is going to be, what are your top five movies that you recommend to a friend or that you, you sit down and have a friend watch when mm-hmm. you find out they haven't seen it. 
other than that one movie of you and the donkey. No, that's Europe. Jimmy. That's Jimmy and the donkey, by the way. Man. Yeah. I am a man. Yes. You are a man with a donkey. Yes, I am. Wait, yeah. no. Now the question changed. Because <laughs> we, we, we had some other options, but based on our very organic conversation. Yeah. Um, it did change. We were also going to talk about how we enjoy celebrating Garukti Hoender. <laughs> I was trying to think of the name of that all day. <laughs> the the festival in which children climb a greased pole to grab a smoked chicken. Smoked Christmas chicken. Yeah. I yes. don't even remember so, whether or not that was made up or not. What are the top that came from five the messed up mind of me? Uh, Christmas chickens of all time. Yeah. No, so, um, yeah. Jimmy, I'll, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go ahead and, and start this this list. I, I kind of threw them down as they came to me. There are a couple of uh, honorable mentions like Turbo Kid and Kung Fury, though they did not make my list. My number five is the movie with the longest title on this list, and uh, I think of any of ours tonight. It's The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Uh, it is a fantastic and underrated film uh, that is worth seeing. Uh, number four, Demon Knight. Yeah. Billy Zane at his finest. At his zaniest. Uh, number, three, <laughs> number three is going to be a movie that I believe we will talk about soon, as it is a very, very awesome take on the zombie genre. That is Rombach Berlin Undead. Thank you for reminding me of that gem, Scott. I, I have Absolutely. sat down several times and been like, oh, no, 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 you have to see this one. Uh, my number two is going to be a movie that you don't have to see part one. That is dead snow Two. My number one completely underrated and absolutely worth a watch is dread. Yeah. Dread should probably be on mine as well. Mm. Yep. And that's my list. Nice. This was hard because there are some that the average, the average person wouldn't know about it but fans of the genre of various genres like horror and stuff do know about it so like i felt like i couldn't put babadook on there because horror fans love that movie or 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 hate that movie depending really but it Mm -hmm. did well so like i kind of got rid of those um one that i have made you guys watch and this is more of an uh honorable mention kind of thing is pj20 the pearl jam documentary just because it it really shows the life of the band but again still out of it it's a documentary so it's a little different and dread should be on there as well but i picked some other ones uh i'm gonna go with it's not written like this but i'm gonna go with but i'm a cheerleader as my number five but cheerleader i actually got a chance to see that as like a sneak preview and i think it's funny because they gave out little mints that were um, the little wafers, the communion wafer mints, which is kind of funny. But that movie was actually a pretty good take on, you know, Christian oppression in a way. And, you know, they send this girl to a camp because they think that she may or may not like girls. And it's got some pretty intense scenes. And I didn't think anything of it. And Jimmy is walking away. He's that offended by my list. Yeah. <laughs> He's just left the camera the thing he has some bananas screw this he has some bananas hanging up on a a rack behind there that's pretty nice but anyway so but i'm a cheerleader that is number one it has uh oh shoot i always forget her name uh from russian doll rob um um 
I keep wanting to say Natalie. Yeah. Natasha. Na- yeah. Oh. Natasha Romanoff. That is not it. But that is not it. But it is Natasha. Yeah. Came out in nineteen ninety nine. It was a. It was a. It was kind of interesting movie. So, Natasha Leone. That's who I'm going for. Okay. So that was that. Uh, my number four is Children of Men. Uh, did not do as well as people thought it would. Uh, had some really great visceral action scenes. I'm sure I've talked about the action scenes before, particularly the motorbike scene, uh, which seemed more realistic than the average action scene. So that is one of them. Number three, for a good laugh, Grandma's Boy. And I know we've talked about that one as well before, but for funnier movies. But that movie makes cracks me up every single time for different reasons, too. Uh, harsh, mostly the... Uh, the word is not audacity that I'm looking for. The ridiculousness of the California, like, tech people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, so, that. Uh, number two, we also discussed this this evening. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, I will say no more. And number one, Shallow Grave. Uh, that Excellent. is one of Ewan McGregor's first movies. Uh, it's actually one of... Uh, man, I have this written down. I'm, I'm on painkillers is what I'm on. And it's messing me up, but uh, uh, Danny Boyle's first movie. And if you like Danny Boyle and his quick cut editing and all that stuff, he made this movie in 1994. It is, it's a great movie. So check it out if you can find it anywhere. Even has a Doctor Who in it. So Christopher Eccleston is in there. So nice. Check out Shallow Grave. Excellent. Well, I feel like I feel like I keep coming back to the same movies because my I, I believe I've talked about most of the movies on my list at one point or another. And I would I would totally include I, I think a lot of people saw it, but every time I talk to people about it, they're like, is that movie out? Is was that? Because I can't believe that nobody's really heard of Knives Out. And it's such a great movie. And it's it's almost an honorable mention on this list, but you know, it's still in the theaters, so I don't know that I can actually include it. But it's it is a great movie, and if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. But I'll start out with with a movie that was actually a surprise hit for me uh, the year that it came out. And I, I occasionally run across people who haven't seen it, and I get them to watch it, and they, they enjoy it as well. It's I'm probably going to go with Stardust. Oh, is that the Neil Gaiman film? The fan, like fantasy film? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and um, Robert De Niro's in it. He plays a gay pirate, which is hilarious. Um, I've read the book, not seen the movie. The The movie is actually really good. At number four, I, I, I'm hesitant to include this one because I know it's probably more mainstream than what I tend to believe it is. But... I can't believe how many people I run across that have never seen or heard of Shaun of the Dead. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, how have you not seen this movie? This movie is excellent. What is going on with you? Yeah, like people that are our friends, like that we hang out with, know that movie. Yeah. yeah. People that are acquaintances and coworkers. Well, my coworkers have seen it, but it's interesting. 
Another one that that shows up quite frequently as I get older. And Cocoon. no, this this pains me a little bit. But as I get older, a movie that keeps popping up because there are so many quotable lines in this movie. That's Big Trouble in Little China. And I yep. keep coming and as I get older, I keep coming across more and more people who have never seen this movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a great movie. You need to check this out. It is so ridiculous, and it's so much fun. I own it, so if anybody wants to borrow it. As do know. I, sir. So that's my number three. My number two, I've, I've talked about it in the past, is a movie starring Lou Gossett Jr. And it's not Enemy Mine, but it I is... It is Digstown. Ah, uh, yeah, you meant you did mention that with James Woods and Lou Gossett Jr., also Bruce Dern. Great little con artist movie. The entire movie, the entire movie, is worth watching for the five minute sequence at the end of the movie. And the five minute sequence at the end of the movie means so much more if you've actually watched the whole movie. So it's, it's great. I showed it to, I showed it to, um, my friend, Jimmy, he literally threw his hands up in the air at the end of the movie and cheered. I was like, see, that's the reaction. And it's so underrated. Yeah, but he's easily amused. Well, that's true. But my, my number one, my number one, and I've talked about it. I actually, I was actually on an assignment in Washington and I was at, they, they decided to do a movie night at the local uh, comic shop that I was frequenting because it was the only thing to do in this town that I was in. And I found out that most of the people here there had not seen this movie. And I brought it in and I made an entire room of people watch this movie. And that's Tucker and Dale versus evil. And every single one of them loved the movie they were like i can't believe i've never seen this before I picture rob chaining people down like clockwork orange with the little things prying their eyes open actually i didn't have to i just put it on and everybody was like oh my god this is great this is hilarious so yeah a couple of honorable mentions um another one as i get older is actually my my favorite movie i've talked about it numerous times but i'm surprised how many people haven't actually seen the princess bride so that's another one that i do as well as Hudson Hawk. But Hudson Hawk is a little bit tricky because I can't make Greg watch that movie because he would drive me absolutely insane. Because anytime that I've watched a movie with Greg, he has he has spent half the movie looking at his phone. Typing and notes. And I'm like, no, not typing notes. You're doing like Galaxy of Heroes and shit and not paying a penny. And Hudson Hawk is one of those movies where you have to pay attention because if you don't listen to the dialogue and pay attention, you're not going to think it's funny. And you're going to be like, this movie is stupid. Why am I watching this movie? Because you've missed all of the friggin' jokes because you're not paying attention because like the, all of the comedy in that movie is in the dialogue. Plus I've seen it. I know I was, I was just using you as an example because I have you're not the only person who I've watched movies with like that. And you you try you try to get somebody to watch a movie and they just they just won't pay attention and they're like this movie sucks and I'm like it's cuz you're not freaking watching it. Shut up. 
you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was wondering if uh, if Boondock Saints or the Professional, because those were two that I almost put on my list and probably should be on my list, but I thought that you guys would give me crap because they are fairly popular amongst our circle. Other than I, would, I would have I would have given you Boondock Saints because believe it or not, Boondock Saints I think is a movie that that doesn't have a lot of exposure. Like a lot of people yeah, haven't even heard of it. Great. It was kind of straight to video because Blockbuster bought the rights to it. So right. it had a limited release in theaters. But Okay. Well, let's let's close out here. Uh, Jimmy, say goodbye to everyone. Good morning. Good well, afternoon. You have what? to do the I guess it's uh, contact info. Wait, no, this is Jimmy's episode, so it's someone else's. I think it's Rob's contact info. No, it was my episode. Oh, yeah, Jimmy, do the contact episode. <laughs> do the contact information, and all of you guys can, like, know that it's coming now, because we just uh, argued. God. Yeah, guys, uh, while Rob and, and Greg mend their relationship, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook. Give me five podcast if you... Uh, Want to email us directly? You can email us at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at giveme5pod. Guys, we do have a store as well. You can check that out through our link on the episode description. Uh, these two are getting out of hand here. It's giveme5podcast.threadless.com. And uh, check out some of the awesome merchandise that we've put on there recently. Uh, Greg and myself have, have purchased some uh, some winter gear, and uh, it is very, very nice. It's a very, very nice. Give me 5libsoncom if you want to find us directly. And uh, if you check either above or below this on the feed, you will check. You could see our or listen to our Mandalorian reviews. And there's a uh, next episode, episode uh, 111, or I believe Jubal's uh, wrote in and said that he wanted us to call it 111 or something. Triple one. Triple one. So on episode triple one, uh, we're going to have a special interview. Yes, a special guest who will only be revealed the day of. So look out. Just did. You can reveal that one, right? No. But it's our special Friday the thirteenth episode. So that there's there's your hint. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. You have to uh, keep your eyes on social media. Uh, keep your eyes on your feed for the podcast on Friday the thirteenth for a very special edition of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night.